Today on Sister's Dish, we sit down with our new BFF, Steve Sink, who we met at a Chicks concert in Las Vegas. Steve opens up to us about his deep love and gratitude for his mama, Cindy, who was a hardworking single mom who sacrificed her youth to be a present and constant parent. He shares his favorite dishes, hilarious memories, and even his journey coming out as gay in the mid-90s in the Midwest. To close out Pride Month, in honor of the LBGTQ plus community, today's episode is dedicated to all the gays of our lives. Love you. Love your show. Grab your fork and grab your knife. Morning, afternoon, and night. Mama's recipe and mine. We're about to have a good time. Hey, sis. Hey, sis. Hey, sis. Hey, sis. Gosh, I mean, I don't even know where to begin today, but I'm going to try to explain how this today's guest serendipitously was gifted to us by the universe. I really feel like that. And we met this angel in a place called, you may have heard of it, Sin City, Las <laughs> Vegas. It wasn't at a blackjack table. It wasn't at a nightclub. But this very kind gentleman happened to be the lucky recipient of an extra ticket that we had mm-hmm. uh, for a Chicks, formerly known as the Dixie Chicks concert when we were there recently for their residency. That's right. Per usual, I'm a little idiot and I always buy an extra ticket because we're always like, oh, we'll bring someone. Well, we didn't. We were left with a pretty amazing ticket. Mm-hmm. And unbeknownst to us, Lance gave the ticket to the ticket person and said, hey, if there's someone that comes through that has a single ticket and looks worthy of this ticket, give it to them. Well, that worthy single ticket person happened to be none other than this wonderful human we have on here today with us, Steve Sink. Welcome, Steve Sink. Hey, ladies, how are you? (laughs) We're so good. This is so exciting. It's an honor to be on the show. From the time that we met, I mean, it was kismet. And and I um, have enjoyed getting to know you, like, by text and on the phone, um, drunken and sober (laughs) uh, texts and phone calls. And also um, binge listening to your show. I feel just flattered and honored to be asked to be a guest on your show. So I just want to let you know how appreciative I am to be here today. We feel the same way. And we've been dying to have you on ever since we met you, because like you said, you said kismet. It was like this instant connection. And I mean, our dad was cracking up the next day. He's like, you and Steve are like, we were singing every single word. He's like, it seems like you guys have known each other your whole lives. We had our arms around each other. We're singing every word to every song. I want to know what your experience was on the other side of coming up to the ticket person and what happened from there on. Like what were you expecting? I never thought about that. Yeah. Well, I thought it was really clever because you guys could have ended up with some like crazy person. I mean, what if the door woman was like, yeah, whatever. You're a little crazy, Come on. Oh, no, I'm I'm a lot crazy, but that's what makes me fun. You put a little liquor in me and stand back. It's like a bonfire. So I had also bought two tickets to the show and I thought somebody might come with me, but I actually really never invited anybody. 
Because <laughs> um, I don't really mind going to it's concerts. It's like a very myself. Whitney move to make, by the way. I like my own company and I yeah. really have a great time at the concert. And I don't want somebody trying to drag me out of there early. I'm like, yeah. fucking men. Yeah. You know, and especially with the chicks. No. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I walk in the ticket lady. She goes, are you by yourself? And I go, yeah. Like, why? You know, I, I got a little defensive. I'm like, yeah. I don't need to explain myself to you. <laughs> <laughs> but I try to be kind. But she was like here and she hands me this ticket and I look down and I just see VIP on the top and I'm like like what is this why are you giving this to me and she goes it's it's for you and I'm like I don't know where to go so she asked some people that work there at the the venue to take me down like excuse me I need to stop for a drink (laughs) yes you did (laughs) and I get my drink and then the show started while I was there so the ushers bring me down to you and Lance sees me and he's like welcome and I'm like I look like a Taylor Swift fan going to one of her concerts right now I'm like (laughs) what and so I walked out and then you guys didn't know what was going on and I see these two beautiful women right there and you guys were like uh kind of like who are you but you weren't mean about it and I was like oh thank you I know when you said thank you I was so confused just Lance didn't keep you in on the joke but I thought it was so cool because I you were so sweet and I was like welcome hugging you and the whole thing and then Lance whispers in my ear he's like I gave him the extra ticket and I'm like yes you know listen Courtney you were the best date you were my date. And I had a blast and we sang every word. I also want to say too, it was just, it was a, a real pleasure to meet your dad and his husband. Um, I was so surprised when I got down there and you're like, this is our dad and his yeah. husband. And I'm like, oh my God. I, I, know. Like, I, I looked up to the sky and I'm like, this is supposed to happen. Right. And, um, yeah. Um, I just knew then that we were all going to be kind of a close group. And, yeah. you know, I thank you. I thank you, especially Lance again, for giving that ticket to the mm-hmm. Um, we're always thinking Lance. It's always Lance. No, well, he's you the didn't one. even know. No, because that's what I'm saying. Lance is such what, a generous a human. He's the one that's more thoughtful than any of us. That's like, I just want to like find a random, amazing person yeah. to uh, join our squad. We've also been really excited to have you on because we think that you might be our number one fan. You've told us that you've listened to every episode and some of them even twice. And nobody does that. Nobody, I haven't been hearing that from any of our no, anybody. <laughs> oh, I'm obsessed with you guys. It's kind of a problem. We really yeah. appreciate We're your support. With you. <laughs> same, same. It, the love is, it goes all around. Well, you guys are so funny. Um, it's an interesting listen. Like I never like tune out. I'm always like rewinding to listen to something that was so hilarious that I peed all over myself. I got to do it again. <laughs> Thank you. Well, we get a lot of complaints about how much we laugh and too yeah. loud and too much, but that's all right. We're, we're glad that you enjoy it. And I wanted to say too, I'm going to try to keep it clean as possible for Mama Ashley. I know that um, there's some complaints about the language sometimes. And can I be honest with you guys? Yes. Um, yeah. You really don't have bad mouths, especially uh, compared to my crew and me. We also wanted to bring you on because we've talked about how much you love to cook and you cook a lot yourself. 
but you also love, love, love your mama. And you are a mother lover, just like us. So we want to hear about Mama Cindy. All right. Well, first and foremost, um, my mom is my best friend. Um, Mm. Her and I have had this special connection. Um, We both kind of lean on each other. Uh, She needed me to kind of step up and help after my dad left when I was a kid. And, And granted, I was only two and I couldn't do much then, but... I have a sister who's uh, 18 months younger than me. So we're actually pretty close in age, even though when you're young, you feel like you're like, oh my God, I'm so much older than her. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but my mom really kind of depended on me to step up and help her out around the house. And and honestly, with, with my sister too, just kind of be there and look after her. And I did. And, you know, gosh, as you get older, you look back and, and you see... Um, like the resentment and things that you carried with you for so many years about things. And then, and then one day it's just all gone. And you realize just like, well, that was just what I needed to do. I was supposed to do it. Who else would have done it? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so mama and I, our relationship <clears throat> is really good. It's very solid. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've had definitely our share of, of drama and throwdowns with each other. We're a Southern. As any healthy relationship does. Absolutely. We're Southern Irish. I mean, we are Irish. What does that mean? Well, we are Irish from south of Ireland. No, no, we are (laughs) Irish. um, We are are ethnically Irish who grew up in like the mid south of the US. So we (laughs) have quite a lot to say. Um, And most of the time, nobody listens to us. We just yell to be heard to ourselves. But um, um, that's just being Southern. (laughs) <laughs> but that's but you throw in that Irish blood and a little whiskey and you got yourself quite a, a show. Now I wasn't drinking whiskey and mom probably wasn't either then, but I'm just saying it's in the blood. Right. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about her character and, and what kind of person she is. Well, first of all, my mom is a very, very strong and resilient human being. She um, has been through a lot. She, Mm -hmm. you know, she was left to raise two kids at 23 years old. Wow. Um, You know, and I look back and I, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm at 23. I was doing bad things. Same. And lots of bad things that I'm not going to go into because I don't want to upset mama Ashley. Same. Um, But like there were bad things. (laughs) And the last thing that was on my mind was, you know, raising a human or taking care of somebody Mm -hmm. other than I couldn't even take care of myself. So, you know, a lot of this critique that I carried into my adulthood about, you know, my mom and my parents, I just look back and I'm like, they were kids get real. I mean, they were kids, they were young and you don't realize that until you've not only reached, but far surpassed that age. So, um, she had to do it all. She carried the weight of the world on her shoulders, but Mm -hmm. she's always managed to be, um, actually really positive and, and fun. Um, she was stressed out a lot when we were growing up and she worked two jobs um, Mm. a lot of our lives. The sacrifices she made. We lived in a sort of affluent area because my mom worked her ass off to Mm. make sure that we had the best education, that we had the best neighborhoods to live in and and 
and green space and to stay close to where our family grew up. Oh, God, what a strong, dedicated woman. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's I'm sorry, but God, I mean, you think, too, of like in your 20s. I mean, like he said, we we were like crazy hooligans in our 20s. And you've got a woman who's working multiple jobs to keep her kids in a nice neighborhood. And her whole life, every minute of her day was dedicating to bettering your life. I've thanked her. I've definitely told her, but I'm sure she'll listen to this. I want to thank her again, because, Mm. you know, she sacrificed her youth um, right, for the yeah. kids, but she's always told me when we talk about this, she said we were everything that she ever wanted. So she would do it all oh, again and yeah. do it even harder if she had to. I was going to actually mention this. Courtney beat me to it. It's one of the hardest things about being a child of young parents is growing up while they're still young and mm-hmm. finding their way. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they're not financially set up most of the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, we certainly didn't come from a trust fund family or anything like that. Mm -hmm. You know, when they struggle, you struggle and you Mm -hmm. feel it and it's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think it made me a more well-rounded person and kind Mm -hmm. of taught me early on that the world isn't, um, set up to cater to you. You have to kind of roll with what's dealt to you. The one of the joys of being a child of somebody who had you young is to be able to become friends with them as an adult and to spend time with them um, doing things that you both like and enjoy and share. Mm, yeah. So beautifully yeah. said. Well, I know you said your mom worked multiple jobs. So was she around for dinner? What was it like around your dinner table? So mama was always home for dinner. She really was. Um, You know, she really, when she was working the second job, it was mostly a weekend job. Mm -hmm. Weekends was kind of looser around the house. You know, you kind of fend for yourself. Um, We didn't really have weekend dinner. It was Monday through Friday dinner. And um, yeah, she was home every night. And I I called her this afternoon. I was like, what the hell did we eat? You know, (laughs) I mean, I think I remember everything, but can you kind of walk me through what you remember? And she goes, she's like, shit, I don't know. (laughs) And I'm like, I go, well, and I wrote these down. So here's some of the things that my mama used to make. I love it. Very prepared. I did. You know, I wanted to put some um, time into this. Uh, we had meatloaf. Mom made spaghetti weekly. I've heard that a lot from a lot of your guests and your yes. friends, but I have to tell you that our spaghetti was a meat sauce. We never really had, um, sp- or we never had meatballs. Mm-hmm. Um, like a bolognese. We always had mushrooms in our spaghetti. Mm-hmm. I like and I don't that. know if that's normal or not, but I love it. It's Me really too. good. Yeah. Um, mom loved pork chops. So we had to eat pork chops quite a bit. And then there were our, our Southern fare that we used to make. My grandma used to make fried corn. Chicken wait, fried corn. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Fried corn? Fried corn? Fried corn. So grandma would, we, she'd get fresh corn from anywhere that was selling corn. And like, sure. we lived out when, when I was growing up, we were still almost rural to the West. So you could get corn from people's farms really easy mm-hmm. on the side of the road. That's cool. And she would buy that and she would uh, shuck it mm-hmm. and then freeze it. And then she would fry it in a skillet. Now, exactly how she did that, I don't know. I can see if my mom has the recipe and pass it along, but it's really good. It's basically taking corn, just loose corn, and putting it in a skillet, probably with a little oil seasoning, 
crispy corn. Ooh, mm. I kind of like this I idea. I like this idea It's too. actually really good. I remember it now and it went really well. You could put it, I used to like to put it in my mashed taters. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. But we also had, we had chili, we had, then we had our, you know, white trash special specialties, mm. um, fish sticks and macaroni and cheese, <laughs> hamburger helper. Oh yeah. And on, busy, and on busy nights, mama had a lot of help from Chef Boyardee. So what was your favorite dish that your mom made? So my mom actually makes a really good brisket. Um, I want to try the one on your website because I'm oh, a yeah. brisket connoisseur. Ooh, um, me too. But my mom, um, she has always made a really good brisket. Brisket is what we eat at Christmas. Ooh, I like brisket. that. That's our Christmas dish. And she gets really mad at me because I like barbecue sauce on the brisket. And mm. she is a meat purist. Mm. Um, my mother does not believe in meat having sauce on it. It should be the flavors of the, the, the fat and the and the and the meat itself. Um but she well, you, does make it a hell of a brisket. Well, you're going to love my brisket recipe because I use a cup of barbecue sauce in the marinade. I saw that. I've already gone through your website a couple of times. <laughs> and, um, I've got things flagged and yeah, I'm ready for it. But yeah, my mom, but because she's such a good mom, <laughs> she will cook the brisket in sauce so that we can have it the way we want it. What was the worst dish she ever made? All right. So on the same call today with mom, I said, (laughs) I said, do you remember when you got your hands on that recipe book? And she's like, yeah. And it was because (laughs) that's when things took a dark turn at our, (laughs) at our dinner table. (laughs) My mother got this recipe book. I think she bought it from somebody at work or they were selling it at some sort of work function. We can't remember the exact details, but it was something related to her job. And it was like homemade. You could see, cause it was like, you know, right. remember when you could make yes, your own bound like a spiral, a spiral bound? Yes. Yes. There's probably some church cookbook or it's like, something, something like, like that. that. But basically every fucking recipe, sorry, mama Ashley had cream of mushroom or cream of something in it. Oh my God. Yes. It was like full of casseroles, cream of potato. It was just cream of this and cream of that and cream of what? And like, (laughs) we, my mother was already catering to the two pickiest children on the North American continent. Right. And, and then she puts this shit in front of us and we're like, (laughs) oh no. (laughs) <laughs> and she was mad you know because she had i mean obviously food she just said to me today she was meat was expensive and i'm like i know mom and she goes everything is expensive and then you too wouldn't need it and i'm like i know oh, sorry god i know we know you love to cook did mama cindy teach you how to cook not really almost my entire life, I've been surrounded by incredible cooks. I mean, my grandmother and my mom are kind of classic Southern cookers. You know what I mean? I have taught myself how to make things that I like. When it comes to food, I'm not a foodie. Like, I don't want to go to a place to where I have to stop at Taco Bell on the way home. Because <laughs> no one does, but yes. $500 or more worth of food 
but everything is the size of your thumb. Mm-hmm. And then you leave there <laughs> drunk and hungry and you're like, all right, where is the nearest Taco Bell? Like, how quickly can we get, are they closed? Um, can we get there before the late bar closes? <laughs> and, and that's like, I, that's not, that's, I've done it and I've had a great time. It's a great experience, but like I, our family, we're like, we're like steakhouse family. We yes, want, same. we want to leave there feeling like we're about to pop. Like <laughs> we want, we you want to food. You want to be in a food coma when you, yes, absolutely. We want appetizers. We want steak. We want potatoes. And then we want dessert. And on top of it, we're not even going to start eating until we have a good buzz on yeah. because that is the only way to go. Right. Courtney. Yes, I agree. And you want to leave where you have to unbutton your pants in the car. Exactly. You should wear expand. I mean, in the car. How about at the table? Well, I was going to say you got to You want to eat at a place where you have to strategize what you wear first. Like, you know, you need to put your expandos on before you go to. Well, you all know that's why sport coats were invented, right? So that people could unbutton their pants at dinner. Nobody. Women don't wear sports coat. That's why like spandex was invented. So we could just or a maxi dress. Or a dress, yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely. Dress is so good for getting there. Are not. definitely times I go into my closet and get ready to go to dinner, and I'm yes. like, "Oh, I can't wear that. Same. Way too tight. <laughs> oh my god, same." And I'm like, "I want to eat tonight. Those jeans are not happening for sure." Oh no, you've got a plan. You like, have if a you're plan. gonna go to a foodie dinner, yeah, wear those skinny jeans. But you've if you're got going to- all out. Oh no, right? You if plan. you're Mm-mm. if you're going for a gut buster, you got to be very strategic about your outfit. Hell yeah. yeah. I agree. Because it'll ruin your whole night. <laughs> yeah. Because you can't get enough alcohol either. Like, like you want to be able to eat and drink, not right. just eat or drink. And then you're you just know? like shifting the whole time because you're so mm-hmm. uncomfortable. I, I think we need to kind of get on to the main course. We think it's so special and, you know, kind of cosmic that we met at the Chicks concert because they are our all-time favorites. And Whitney and I call ourselves chick heads, chick kind head. of like the um, deadheads, except we don't follow them around with tie dye shirts and eat pot grilled cheese sandwiches, which if you've ever been to a Grateful Dead and concert, you know what I, well, I'm just saying, you know what I mean. But what's the first concert you ever went to? So surprise, my first concert was with Mama Cindy. Aww. At Kemper Arena in Kansas City. I think it was actually the Missouri side. Um, my mom is actually really creative. There was a radio contest back in the early nineties in St. Louis that said, write to us in like a story or a poem or a song about why you deserve Garth Brooks tickets. Wow. Okay. This is amazing. And my mom used all the lyrics of his songs to date to come up with why she needed to go, but it was very clever and she sent it in and she was the winner. So it's not like wow. a you know, 90th caller or something like that. Right. I mean, it was a creative contest. Okay. And what age, you know, I'm going to ask that. And when I ask that you have to take a drink. At what age I yeah. was 12 or 13, the radio station provided us. It was kind of, it's kind of like, Kind of shitty, but like we got we got our first class tickets to the Motel Six. Oh wow! Um, we were at the closest Motel Six to the stadium, um, and they gave us. I think they gave her like a a, a food or a 
gas or combination voucher or something. We drove, it's only about a three and a half hour drive from St. Louis to Kansas City. So we drove over there and it was a spectacular show. I mean, Garth put on and the pyrotechnics were incredible. You could feel those flames. And he just put on a hell of a show, you know, so I had high expectations for performers after that. And um, (laughs) we had a great time. The next morning when we're heading out of town back to St. Louis, we stop at like a Denny's. Okay. I can think that's mm-hmm. what our budget called for at the time. And all the waitresses walked out and went on strike. And it was so funny. <laughs> and we were like, well, hell, let's just get in the car and get back to St. Louis. Well, it's like we're the not, trip's over. We're not getting the moons over my hammy today. Yeah. <laughs> no moons over my hammy. We didn't get a grand slam. We got to get the hell out of there. Uh, well, Steve, you know the sisters well enough now that we love a good drinking with your mom story. So has there been a time where you guys just uh, got lit together? Well, there have been many times. Um, mm-hmm. Condo, as my friends like to call her, because my <laughs> phone would autocorrect Cindy <laughs> to condo. And um, so now everyone calls her condo. Um <laughs> Uh, Kondo enjoys a stiff cocktail and, uh, what's her cocktail of choice? Um, Mama likes whiskey. She likes to drink whiskey and ginger ale. Mama likes wine. She likes sweet Southern table wine though, which makes me sick. Like keeps it in the damn fridge. And I can't moonshine. Well, no, it's not moonshine. It's called there's this bronzia. Well, there's a winery in Georgia and they have, it's called tailgate red and it's a sweet table wine well she puts it in the damn fridge red and that's the way it is but she'll drink that she likes that she but she mostly drinks her whiskey mama can drink beer like the best of us um Mm -hmm. and whenever we get together because mama and i like to travel together Mm -hmm. uh, especially to savannah georgia that is our favorite and it's a great food town and i wanted to mention that on this podcast because Savannah has some of the best cuisine yeah. you can get in the South. And I've been there the past two summers. I love Savannah. If you're ever in Savannah, there's a couple places I recommend. Um, the old pink house, um, yep. George Washington actually ate in there. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's a place on the city market called Belford's and they actually have really great steaks, really great food. There's a ton of other really wonderful restaurants there. The mm-hmm. cuisine is amazing um and it's not just southern uh it's it's really really creative wonderful food mama and i will drink at (laughs) before dinner at dinner and of course after dinner yeah and there's also this time in savannah where mama had had too many and we had walked out of this little irish place um along the river and she just fell straight backwards down Ooh. on the ground and she just lied there and laughed and laughed and laughed. she <laughs> might have pissed herself um, sorry mom um, and then I got her up and I'm afraid that she's hurt broken and hip just laughing her ass off and I'm like damn you that's one of many stories but yes uh, oh mama, mama, Cindy and I, we've got plenty of drinking stories. There's also one time I was taking her back from a concert in St. Louis. What concert? Oh God. I, I think I picked her up from it. It was Sammy Hagar probably. 
Um, she loves him. And I'm driving her back to my sister's house way out in the sticks. And she's like, and we had been drinking and we, she's like, I'm hungry. And I go, well, the only thing that's open in this town is, and you girls are going to guess it. Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Taco Bell. So we go through the drive-thru and we order like two of everything. And then we get, they go, anything for you to drink? And my mom yells into the speaker, no, we've had enough. (laughs) And then she laughed so hard that she peed through the seat of the car. That's a little glimpse into the wonderful woman that is my mother. And I would never trade her for anything. As a matter of fact, I can't wait to see her again. I'm taking her to Europe um, at the end of the summer. So I'm running the Berlin Marathon in September and I'm taking her on her lifetime trip. We're going to Germany, France, drink some beer there, aren't you? And then seeing everything, we're going to drink our way through the European continent and the British Isles. Get ready, Europe. Y'all ain't ready. We're going to stick it to the British Isles. Stick it to them. Oh my God. That God, is, I love it. No, we've had enough. <laughs> I mean, that is such an incredible story. As we mentioned, we met in Vegas and we were with the dads and we recently had them on our Father's Day episode. Glenn, our dad, he shared with us about his journey of coming out and we wanted to have you kind of share that with us as well. Well, I listened to the episode with your with your dad and his husband and then your stepdad uh, as well. And it was wonderful. It was also really great to hear about your dad's journey because he definitely had to go through something a lot harder than I did. You know, he lived a life that wasn't true to what he felt in his heart. Mm -hmm. And not to say that he didn't love your mom for who she was and, and is proud to be a father. I know he was, he was, he made that very clear, but like, you know, he realized at one point that he couldn't lie to himself anymore. Mm -hmm. And I really respect that because that's difficult. So like for all the men out there that have had to um, deal with this later in life, I salute you. Uh, Yes. I grew up in the nineties in the Midwest, the mid South, really it's St. Louis is very Southern in its Mm -hmm. own right. It wasn't cool to be gay. Mm -hmm. I struggled with it. I really did. Um, it's Pride Month here yes. in the U.S., and we're celebrating everybody right now, yeah. especially those who have been marginalized and left behind in history and things like that. I mean, it's a very, it's a month celebrating diversity, and I, I definitely tip my hat to that. I think mm. that we should do this more than just for June, but sure, I struggled. I really yeah. did. Um, I didn't really understand the feelings I felt as Mm -hmm. an early teen. Um, It became very clear to me um, as I developed relationships with boys my age that I felt more towards them than like a friendship. Mm -hmm. I realized definitely after puberty that, um, you know, I was attracted to males. You know, I Mm -hmm. I, I just, Mm -hmm. it's just how I felt. And then as I developed relationships with with my peers men my boys my own age you know i i knew that um there was something more than friendship that i desired from them um 
it wasn't quite sexual or anything at that age. I mean, I right. was pretty young, but as I got older, definitely, I knew that there was an attraction there. I kept it to myself because it wasn't kosher at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would keep a journal and I would write my feelings in there. Well, um, so healthy of you. Well, it's healthy and it's also made me very vulnerable mm-hmm. because I had a very nosy sister. Wow. And uh, so Miss Jamie, who her and I have gone through the ringer together, but we yeah. are we're great right now. And I love her so much. I really do. I respect her. She's been through her own struggles and fights. And um, we had to go through life together to kind of realize and appreciate one another. But she did go through my things and she read my journal and she showed it to my mom. And I was about 15, I think at the time. And so she knew, but she didn't confront me. Mm -hmm. I've mentioned numerous times in this show that mom and I have always been very close. Mm -hmm. And so my mom kind of waited for me to come to her because, you know, my mom didn't sleep with her bedroom door closed. You know, we went in there if we needed her. Mm-hmm. So one night I crawled into bed with her and I was probably, I might've been 16, maybe 15. And I crawled into bed with her and she would just, she just stroked my hair and she's like, what's going on? And I'm like, nothing. I just wanted to be with you. And she's like, okay. But then she knew, you know, so she's going to try to coax this out of me because she's tired of keeping it under her hat. And she's like, is there anything that you want to tell me? And I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm crying over here. It's like, I mean, it is. It's all so cute. Oh, my God. And she's like, are you sure? And I'm like, well, maybe. (laughs) And I don't know if she straight up asked me or if I just volunteered the information because I'm and I'm a fossil now and it's been a long time, but one way or the other, you know, it came out. And what she told me was, she goes, nothing ever changes. You know, I, I love you. And, Mm. and that's it. So special. And it was very comforting to know that I had support from her, Mm -hmm. but then she turned around and told the entire family. Because she couldn't handle it. Listen, Cindy doesn't do well with secrets. And um, she, but I mean, you know what she needed? She needed a community. She needed support on her own, right? You know, I'm sure that was hard to hear as a mother. I'm looking back, you know, and I'm saying- I know I'm crying too. I'm like, I'm thinking like, imagine what um, our dad's life would have been if his parents would have been able to accept that and embrace that. At that time. And anyone in Texas at that time. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, anytime, sometimes still in Texas. I mean, I feel oh, for yeah. these kids. everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. And also like, I mean, if my kids ever just to have, well, just for them to have the openness with me to tell me anything, right. Yeah. Like if they lose their virginity or whatever, like that's so beautiful. I just want to stroke their hair and say, it's yeah. okay. I get you. Yeah. Like I've got you. Parents need to create safe spaces for their kids. I try that every day. No judgment, you know? Yeah. No, I and know. Lance's daughter is gay and she came out when she was 13 years old and she left a note on the washer and dryer for her mom and Lance, who was her stepdad. Lance found it and- Thank was, God he did. Thank God. I mean, really. And he immediately was like, called her and said, we love you. 
We love you. And her mom was in shock, you know, rightfully so. Like it is different. And it's not that she was judging when Courtney and I talked about when dad came out, cause we had him on and he was talking about it. And we both were like, like jaw hit the ground, Yeah, but we were like, Oh my God, we love you. We like, love you. We love you. Oh, we love you. We love you. But it is like, you think of, at least for us, thought of our dad as a heterosexual man for that long. And then that, and then it's different, but it doesn't change the way we feel about him. Mm. And it didn't change the way Lance felt about Lauren. It was so important for us to be a part of her wedding and support her. You know, Whitney, I, you know, I'd heard you talk about Lance's daughter and, and the wedding and your new daughter-in-law and how proud you all are of her. Mm -hmm. And this ties back to your dad. When I was introduced to your dad and his husband, and I was like, wow, yeah. this family, it's its a modern family, you know, if yes. you will. And, and that's the way that the world is going to where it's like, it might not be the way that people envision things when they set off, but right. it's actually the way things need to be. And yeah. it's nothing but love. And I felt nothing but love that day with you guys. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so well said. I think it's really amazing that your mom was knowing that that was going on in your life and was able to be like, sweet, come here. Like what's going on? Well, I also just think it's so incredible that a, you shared this story with us because these conversations need to be mainstream. They need mm -hmm. to be happening. And, you know, it brought tears to my eyes to think that my dad didn't even have this opportunity to talk to anybody about it. I mean, he had to keep it a secret until old. he was 57 years old with a wife and two kids. And, you know, thank God he did because we wouldn't yeah. be here, but we're here to change that narrative. And um, I'm glad you mentioned Pride Month because that's important to Whitney and I. You know, this is, this is something that people just need to just stop. Yeah. There is this very strong agenda out there to try to demonize and target people that are different than others right now. And it's yeah. sick. I mean, sick. why can't we just love each other and accept each other? And, and, and to be honest with you, yeah, things come as a shock sometimes and it takes some time to get through and it takes conversations mm -hmm. and it takes, it takes healing. You know what right, I mean? Right. Embrace one another, tell each other, you love each other, listen to one another. If you don't understand somebody being transsexual, non-binary, which to be honest with you, I wanted to address this in this show. I've had struggles with this. I don't understand it. Yeah. You know, we are all kind of combined into a group of, mm -hmm. uh, of people, mm -hmm. but you know how we're going to understand the community. We're going to leave our judgments at the door. Yep. Ask questions Absolutely. and see how we can get to know each other better and help one another to, to build each other up. Because mm -hmm. if we're tearing each other down, we're never going to get anywhere. And at the end of the day, we're all human beings. We are all human beings. We are all assholes, as Mama Cindy would say. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's right, Steve. It's true. It's like we all walk around judging people all the time. I mean, the key really to me is if you don't understand somebody, and this doesn't even have to be about sexuality or gender. It could be about race, ethnicity, social status. Anything. Yes. Ask anything. questions. Right. And and. and bring yourself down to a human being and just yes. ask a fucking question right. and say, tell me more about you. 
Because the more you get to know about other people, the less judgmental you're going to be. The more you realize we're all the same. Just love one another. So tired of the hate. Amen to that. Steve, thank you so much from the bottom of our heart. Mm -hmm. We love you. Like you're our our honorary brother. Literally, you're our main man, I would say. Well, I wanted, you know, this is you guys have mentioned me or actually like played me or something in at least three episodes up to now. So this is my fourth episode with you. Uh, (laughs) Yes. I'm counting because I binged your show. I'm obsessed as well. Um, so like, I feel like, you know, maybe a guest sometime if you need to consult, I'm here for my services. Okay. I'm on the gay roll. You know, I do want to go out and say this. I am honored and just so humbled to have been asked to be on your show because your show is wonderful. Hmm. And the two of you are just such wonderful, loving people. And you're really fucking hilarious. Sorry, mama. (laughs) It's a big honor to kind of be your guest for maybe Pride Month to share my experience. Your dad has shared his experiences. Our experiences are all different and wonderful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've taken the time to address the fact that we should just all be more loving and caring and kind to each other. And I just, I want to end my part of the show by saying love one another because there's no harm in that. Mm. You only get harm and hate. God, yes. Wrap your arms around each other. And again, if you don't understand somebody, ask questions, they'll tell you. Yeah. I mean, just be nice about it. Yep. Amen. Steve Sink, we love you. Love you. Love your show. Love your show so much. Thank you for being here today. And it's a pleasure. Sharing so much. And we love you. And you'll definitely be back on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I can't wait for us to post pictures of our reunion, wherever that may be, on the site. Because we're going to get together. Oh, for oh, sure. For sure. All right. Love you. Love your show. Love you. Love your show, sis. Thank you so much for listening to Hey Sis, Eat This. If you LOL'd, peed your pants a little bit, or even smirked, please hit subscribe if you haven't already. And feel free to rate and review, but only if it's positive. Also, visit our website for recipes and to sign up for our newsletter at heysiseatthis.com.